Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the newsroom of South Coast Today, this is ST Speaks. A podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot-button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. This is the Courtside with Kurt podcast. I'm Standard Times digital editor Brennan Curie, and I am here with longtime Standard Times Courts and Cops reporter Kurt Brown. Thanks for sitting down with us, Kurt. Nice to be here, Brendan. Thank you very much. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, an interesting case uh, involving uh, police and uh, their monitoring of social media, mm-hmm. which uh, got uh, a gun off of the street, at least for now. Yes, it sure did. Uh, you know, p- police are very vigilant uh, and, and uh, when it comes to gang activities and especially guns. Uh, if you, just as an aside before we get started, if you want to search uh, ST Archives, uh, about the making of a gang member or how the police make a gang member. Do a search, my name, do a search, uh, House of Correction, and the criteria is there. Uh, yeah, you did a very, very good story looking into uh, what exactly they look at, you know, what are the different aspects that mm-hmm. uh, can decide that someone is a gang member. Mm-hmm. So and, that- and, and one of the things that they look at is, uh, they carefully monitor, is uh, social media. So in this case, they were monitoring Snapchat, uh, which is uh, particularly progressive. I mean, as far as the social medias go, uh, you know, Facebook's been around for 15 years. Uh, Snapchat's probably only been big for, I'd say, maybe five years. Um, you know, so it shows that they're on the cusp of uh, the new technology here. You know that better than I do. <laughs> That's, you're not on Snapchat, Kurt? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. I guess, sorry, folks out there, you can't snap it, Kurt. But uh, Well, tell them what, uh, tell our listeners what you had told me about Snapchat. Uh, so, so I was kind of giving Kurt kind of a brief rundown, uh, kind of the history of Snapchat and how it, when it first came out, what made it unique from a lot of the other social media, you know, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram out there, is that your snaps would disappear. It was kind of like an inspector gadget message, right? When he gets his mission, uh, you know, this message will self-destruct in 10 seconds and you could set a certain number of seconds that your snap would disappear and, uh, first there was a little controversy when it came out that snapchat was actually was archiving all these supposedly disappearing snaps uh, on its own servers but then uh, as snapchat became more popular uh, it kind of became that less and less snaps actually disappear and and so now uh, they live a little more for people and people have learned to uh, screenshot things too uh, so anyway so snapchat lives on a little more than it used to in its original incarnation but so in this case uh, the new bedford police uh, gang unit was monitoring snapchat and they saw a snapchat video by a Javon Gamboa Leao, uh, 18-year-old, uh, who lives on Yale Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was brandishing a firearm in, in the Snapchat video. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go into a little more specifics of kind of how he was brandishing it. Sure. They, uh, <clears throat> the, the gang unit was monitoring it a little before 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. Uh, they had utilized the Snapchat uh, app, and they saw the defendant posting a video where he pointed a revolver at the screen. Um, the, 
on Monday when uh, at the defendant's arraignment, I went to the, the uh, courthouse. The documents were not back in the clerk's office. I was fortunate enough to sit in on his arraignment, but I did not get the court docs until uh, Tuesday. So there is some new information in there that wasn't in our story that ran uh, Monday night and then Tuesday morning. One of the interesting things is that... Um, according to the court docs that Mr. Leao pointed a gun at the phone so close that the ammo was visible in the video. Uh, he is described um, in the court docs as someone who is known police, further described as an associate of the Monty Park gang, uh, so he posts a one video of himself uh, pointing a gun at the screen. Uh, then, about two hour, two and a half hours later, he posts a another video of him at uh, Monty Park, uh, standing along the west side of the playground outside the wall there. Uh, police went there; they set up surveillance, but then they encountered him. Um, at uh, Harborview, um, Harborview Terrace. Uh, I'm sorry, Harborview Towers, 280 Acushnet Avenue. Um, he was a passenger in the vehicle. They, um, they pat-searched him. Um, then they found a, in the trunk, they found... Um, a shoebox. A shoebox. A shoebox. A 38 caliber Smith & Wesson in it. Uh, loaded with five rounds, and I think one thing you would notice is there was no uh, trigger lock That's on correct. the gun as well. And uh, one of the other important things is that he also was out on bail, so I, one of the stipulations of his bail was not to be in possession of firearms, right? Mm -hmm. So that would not be to reoffend again. Yeah, not to re So that would be one of the impetuses for for why he couldn't have a gun from the get go, right? And he was also on a GPS bracelet. Too. He had a GPS bracelet. So that was from uh, out of Plymouth. He had been uh, arraigned in April on robbery charges, uh, in which cash and a cell phone were stolen from someone in a car where Leia was the front seat passenger in that car. And in that case, a photo of the stolen cell phone was posted on That's Snapchat. Right. So there's a little level of uh, not learning your lesson here. Yes. Um, anyway, so yeah, so they, they search the car. They find the, the gun, uh, mm -hmm. which is loaded. Mm -hmm. They also found a large capacity, uh, 30 rounds, large capacity feeding device, 30 rounds of ammunition, and uh, kind of ironically, actually, a pair of shoes in the shoebox. Yes. They asked him his size, and he told him his size, and it was the same size as the shoes um, it according to the court docs uh, this gun, uh, revolver that they seized uh, uh, is the same one that was uh, uh, used uh, in the video uh, a revolver is interesting because a revolver doesn't uh, discharge any shell casings so when police hear reports of uh, shots fired they go to the scene. Uh, they don't find any shell casings. Um, it's either a revolver or the, it's a, uh, a false call. So he has now been charged with possession of a firearm without a license, mm -hmm. unlawful possession of ammunition, improper storage of a firearm, unlawful possession of a large capacity feeding device, and possession of Xanax. Uh, and so the next uh, prosecutors have requested a dangerousness hearing, which is one of the things we've been talking about yes. on one of our bail podcasts recently right. that have been uh, kind of prosecutors are using them more often 
uh, to try to, to try to keep uh, offenders from uh, from getting out on bail and reoffending. Uh, though in this case, he uh, his bail was revoked on the Plymouth case, right? The that robbery is, that case, is correct. Yeah. Due to him reoffending in this case, and in that Plymouth case, from my my understanding, that is he is perhaps the least culpable of the. Uh, Three of the four defendants, uh, the two defendants in the back, one had a gun, one had a knife. The driver was in control of the vehicle. Um, he uh, allegedly was a front seat passenger, did not have a weapon, but he was charged under the theory of joint venture. So, so yeah, so the to kind of recap a little bit, you may think like, oh, this is just a case of a, of a kid who had a gun he wasn't supposed to, but we really wanted to highlight this to show what the New Bedford Police Gang Unit is doing and all the avenues that they are keeping their eye on, kind of keeping their thumb on the pulse of things in order to really have an idea of what's going on, that on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m., mm-hmm. they're there on Snapchat, and I'm sure they're on plenty of other social medias and sure. other outlets and, and all that, kind of keeping an eye on what's going on and trying to keep people safe in the city. Those specialty units in the New Bedford Police Departments, whether it's the gang unit, whether it's the narcotics unit, also known as uh, or more properly called Organized Crime Intelligence Bureau or the Homicide Unit, they're top shelf. They really are. Absolutely. And uh, they got another gun off the street and, uh, and uh, possibly another uh, criminal off the street as well. So yes. alleged criminal off the street as well. And we'll be in court tomorrow uh, covering uh, his uh, dangerousness hearing. Um, when I say tomorrow, I mean Friday. Um, and we'll uh, provide you updates in the Standard Times and SouthCoastToday.com. You always do, Kurt. And as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, on Omni, kind of wherever you get your podcasts. You can read Kurt's reporting in the print edition of the Standard Times and online at SouthCoastToday.com. And if you do like this podcast and listen to it regularly, please give us a follow. Uh, give us a nice, good rating. Um, give us a like, whatever it is. Uh, we always appreciate it. So thanks for being here, Kurt. Thanks, Brendan. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.